This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen, and today we're going to continue with a message I spoke at Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois, and it's going to be today talking on the kingly anointing. Let's continue. Let's get into the kingly anointing. Did you enjoy that? Can you see where we're at a little bit? I mean, believe me, we could go eight hours a day for a week on this. That book will be in over 200 Bible colleges, The Science of Judgment. We are at our cup of iniquity. This is our final warning. If we don't wake up the church and stop this insanity, God help us all, because persecution is coming. I said this morning, we can win. We can, if we can wake up the church. But I'll tell you what. The blood's not going to be on me, like Ezekiel said, if I don't warn. I will warn, I will do my part, and the blood's not going to be on me. I've got eternal life. I'll be promoted if God allows me. And again, nothing can touch you unless God allows it. We could get into so many testimonies of that. I could really get into angel stories. They've saved my life before. If I had time, I would get into it because it's really faith building. Nobody can touch you unless God allows it. This woman missionary was alone preaching in China. They were going to rape and kill her. They surrounded her. She recognized the leader. She was alone, caught in the field. She waited all night. They never attacked. In the morning, they left. Two years later, she's preaching in a village. The head person accepts Christ. She says, why didn't you attack me? I was alone. I was sure you were going to kill me. She said, we wanted to. We wanted to kill you. We wanted to rape you. But he said, you had too many soldiers around you. She said, I had nobody. He said, no, you had giants around you, giant soldiers, way taller than my men. And when we came closer, they pulled swords out of their belt. And on the end of the sword was fire. We dared not attack you. Amen. Now, I could tell you a lot of stories how I should have been killed in Burundi when they ambushed the bus and God's angels prevented it. I could tell you stories of angels taking me from one country to another to a person's home. I wish I had time to do it. Let's get into the kingly anointing. In the world today, we need the power, this ability of God to overcome this global communist, atheist, and antichrist spirit sweeping through the United States of America and the nations today. Only the kingly anointing has the authority and the power it takes to do battle against these demonic forces. My message is the kingly anointing. Text John 9, 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. The wonderful thing is that he said we could also do those works. Point number one, the Lord commissioned us as his ambassadors. 
I'm not going to read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You can read it. That's his commission for us to go and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's our commission. We have that commission. You know, I've pastored five churches. I was involved with a couple of mega churches. And this one church, everybody, 5,000 people caught that vision. We had our own Bible school and everything else. And we sent out 300 missionaries fully supported from that one church. And 2,000 churches have been planted by that one church. They caught the vision that you are all ministers of the gospel. Can you say amen? amen. Now, you might not be all full-time ministry, pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher, apostle, but we are all ministers. We can all move in the power of the Holy Spirit. They caught that. And people, every week, about 50 people would get saved. And Saturday, we'd be casting demons out of many of them. Say, well, I don't believe a Christian. I don't care what you believe. I don't believe a Christian can have a demon. What have you seen? What demons have you cast out? What miracles have you done? I don't want to be sarcastic, but I'm so tired of people that are coffeehouse rabbis that have done nothing. Are you with me? They've done nothing. If a person can't have a spirit because the spirit lives in your body, then you can't have sickness. You can't have disease either. Are you there? But if you can have disease, you can have a spirit if you open the doors. And in Singapore, where they were offered as babies, if they were Hindu, they were taken to the Hindu temples and the gods and demons came into them, the monkey god and other gods. And we would cast them out and they would come out violently out of Christians, born-again Christians. You know, a lot of missionaries from a lot of different denominations change their philosophy when they went overseas and saw reality. Instead of what they teach in a seminary that doesn't know anything. Anyway, can you forgive me if I got a little sarcastic? Does your pastor ever get sarcastic? <laughs> oh, just a little bit. I guess I'm in good company. I thought I was pretty safe. But I mean, really, sometimes we criticize over things we have no understanding. And some of these pastors, they've never done anything for God, never saw any healing, no nothing. And they try to tell you that the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't for today. And they're hurting their people. God said, unless you are filled with it, you can't do my work on earth. You can't represent me. You don't have the power. You don't have the ability. We need the Holy Spirit. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father, and whatsoever he shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, 12 through 14. You can do it. Jesus promised in no uncertain terms that we could come to the place spiritually that we could do the same works he did. He did mighty works because he was a king of kings. And we can do mighty works because we have been made kings unto God. We're priests and kings. Amen? As a man, Jesus showed us what is possible when we are anointed of the Father. Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set a liberty them that are bruised. Your apostle goes into prisons and, and he believes in this. I believe in this. That's why we travel the nations. That's why I gave up my career in law enforcement. I had businesses too. At one time in my 30s, I would have been a multimillionaire. And that means nothing to me anymore. Like Paul, I count it all done. What is true prosperity? 
living in the will of God and seeing the bounty of God and His majesty all over the world wherever you go. I'm very well taken care of. I don't need anything. You're not going to take anything with you when your spirit leaves the body. What are you going to take with you? Nothing. But you're just going to give an account for the deeds done in the body. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, with power, and went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Acts 10.38. Point number two, we can have the same power that Christ used. Three gifts of the Spirit known as the gifts of power represent, to my way of thinking, the kingly anointing. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. For one is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge. The word of wisdom and knowledge. I went to Rwanda. You remember? Anybody watched Hotel Rwanda? Anybody? Wasn't that horrible? Well, I went to Rwanda. But I fasted 40 days, probably 42, because God gave me a word. You know, I told you I wait on God, spend a lot of time with God. Well, he'll give you revelation. That's where, again, you, you want to start to develop in the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the power gifts. I was afraid to go because I'm still alive. And so when you eat your self-preservation, I fasted. You got to learn the power of fasting and prayer to put on the full armor of God and do what you're normally in the body afraid to do. Because God's afraid of nothing. So I relied on his spirit to fill me with his indwelling, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit documented in written form. And as I fasted and denied myself and filled myself with his power, I finally broke the fast and went to Rwanda. I was the only white man, believe me. And I can't tell you the whole story how I had, I had a word for the Burundi too. And I had to travel through the jungles in a public bus and they ambushed just to slatter everyone and they were screaming. That's when the angels, one time when they saved my life. But I met with the president of parliament in Rwanda. I said, sir, I would never say this, but this is what God's saying. The majority of your parliamentarians are fools. I'm in a country, they just killed 1.3 million people and I'm calling them a fool. But that's because I had the power of God and God was saying it. And I gave the definition of a fool, one who rejects the word of God, the laws of God, the ways of God, and under your own vanity, your own laws, you make your own system. And under your own wisdom, you have killed one-eighth of your population. You will never have peace in this nation. Your nation is damned. You're going to have coup after coup after coup unless there's a national repentance. You must lead a national repentance. And I left. A national repentance, that was the word of wisdom. The word of knowledge, God showed me again what was going on and I went two weeks later I get a call from the president he said do you remember me I said yes sir he said are you coming back we debated your words the Parliament did not like your words but they came to accept that it was the truth we have given seven days of national repentance they met in the national stadium of 60,000 and for seven days they repented to God and one another and the fighting stopped and they've had peace to this day hallelujah this is what you can do. You can bring peace to nations. If you will represent God, if you'll get out of the way, if you're willing to die, if that's what he asks you to do. I always tell people when you go with me, if I have a word for a president, I can get you there, but I can't promise you I'll get you out. <laughs> because if God gives me a word, I'm going to deliver it. But I can't tell you if I want to get you out with me. Because, I, you know, unless God shows you the end of your days... I mean, I don't like to twist the word of God. Isn't that what it says in the Bible? The prophets and apostles, a lot of them died being faithful. I've sat in cells. I could go into that. I've been framed before. I've had two years where I had to defend myself. 
And finally, in one nation, after 33 charges against me, they said, you've been framed by corrupt pastors in this nation. That was after two years of trial. I've sat in another nation in internal security where they, they wanted to get what God had brought in for the church, a half a million shillings and 20 acres and the corruption of the government. They said, if you're not afraid to die, Reverend Henson, I was taken up to the 23rd floor, Bob wire, one light bulb, just like you think it is. And they were cussing me up and down. They said, if you're not afraid to die, Reverend Henson, you've got three daughters. This is their ages. This is what their eyes are. You've got a wife. The Spirit of God came upon me. I said, you kill me or you give me back my passport, but I'm leaving. They threw it in my face, cursed me up and down, and I walked out the door, went to the American embassy. They were following the case. If I had not come out of that place, they would have had an international incident. God will give you power and authority to do what you're afraid to do in the flesh. To faith, another faith, the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, and on and on and on. These gifts enable us to do the works of God, to be one with God. Not only in word and thought, but in deed. When we have the kingly anointing, we operate in supernatural faith to heal the sick, working of miracles, signs and wonders. The anointing has full control of us. Like I said, I believe in fasting. I used to have three different sizes of suits. One when I haven't fasted for a long time, and one when I fasted a long time, and one when I'm in the middle. <laughs> hey, I, 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 somebody showed me a picture of what you're advertising, and boy, I, I wasn't fasting then. <laughs> I said, wow, where did he get that picture? Probably dropped 70 pounds since then. But I believe in fasting, amen? Because I'm just like you. I can't do anything and I'm a coward. But God is not a coward and through you, you can do all things. God is not a coward. He's not afraid of anybody. He holds everybody's life in his hands and he can take the breath right out of you. I've seen him do it. We can have the same power that Christ had. Matthew 11, 1 through 5. You take it down. I've got to move on. And point number three, for what purpose does God give us this power? 1 John 3, 8, for the purpose the Son of God was manifested that we might destroy the works of the enemy. That we might destroy the works of the devil. That's why he gives you power. Amen? That we might destroy the works of the devil. That we might stop this tyranny taking over America. That we have the courage to speak the truth. Come on, say amen. amen. He gives you this power so we can destroy the works of the enemy. The works of the devil. So your family doesn't have to be a victim. With a multitude of demons being released out of the bottomless pit, 200 million. Demons that attack and slay, kill a third of men on earth. Revelation 9, 1 through 3 and 13 through 15. We need the gifts of power that accompany the kingly anointing. It's the anointing that allows us to defeat Goliath, King Nebuchadnezzar and Pharaoh. It takes the anointing to reach the lost, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, and confront and rebuke the lukewarm church and sinners today. Praise the Lord. It takes the anointing. So many testimonies. I could tell you. Romania, a lame boy. They carried him in. Withered leg, withered, withered. Just bones. If he tried to walk, he'd have to hop and drag it like a dog. He couldn't come to my crusade meetings. And the mother kept pestering the host. And finally she came and said, you know, Reverend Hans, I'm so sorry, but this woman won't let me alone. So I listened. I said, hey, I'll go. She reminds me of the woman that wouldn't take no. And the miracle happened for her. 
I walked in and there was about 30 people and he, he wasn't in any of my meetings because he, he was lame. So for about 30 minutes, I told miracle stories to build up his faith. And then I prayed, prayed hard and strong for about 30 minutes. Nothing happened. A miracle happens now. Healing is progressive. And I looked at him and said, the next time I see you, I want to play football with you. I called it soccer, Romania. Okay, the next day I, I went up to the crusade and I had two daughters that are, the one now was, I told you her story, missionary in Japan and the other's pastor's wife. And Anyway, they, they said, daddy, daddy, look. I said, look at what? Well, look at the little boy. Yeah, so it's a boy. He's the boy that was lame, that did not have flesh and muscle on his leg. Overnight, when, somewhere when I left, God healed him. The van door was open. He jumped on me and was kissing me all over the place. Why, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd even kiss me if, if you were lame and, uh, and I prayed for you. Amen? If Don and I laid hands, you'd kiss us both. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you don't get excited, I wonder, was anything wrong with you to begin with? I like it when people get excited. I don't have time to get into that, but a lady in a 5,000-seat tent and, and on the way, four flat tires, and I looked at my associate. I said, man, God, he's going to do a powerful thing because the devil doesn't want us to get there. You know, they kept dragging into song service. And when I walked in, I walked right in. Well, let me tell you, before it was over that night, I've never seen this before, but every single person in that tent, every single person, from the blind person on the front row, couldn't see anything, right on the front row, couldn't see him in the pulpit. She was slain in the spirit, liquid poured out, she could see perfectly. Uh, a man, deaf, got on, up on the pulpit, laid hands on him, and he was swinging like a top. Every single person was healed, Don. I've never seen that. And I was really hurting. I preached hard and... Then virtue, you know, when you pray, virtue comes out and I would have to kneel down and, and some of my team would pray for me and they said, Pastor, you got to quit. You're going to kill yourself. And I said, how can you? I was crying. I said, how, how do you quit? Every person is healed. How do you quit? Just pray for me. And they'd pray. I'd get up and pray for some more people. How do you quit? Uganda. You've been in Uganda. That was when I was fasted. Another, I, I spoke on the destiny of Uganda with politicians and three days, huge venue. The destiny of Uganda, politicians, everybody there. And I'm not there for healing services. I'm, I'm there for the destiny of Uganda, what God is saying to Uganda. And the first night, thousands of people, I got thousands, not thousands, but a lot of people, a lot of leaders, including politicians, on the platform. And God shows me a lady in the back with a neck brace on. And God said, pray for her. I'd have never done it if I wasn't fasting 18 days. I said, God, when? He said, now. I said, God, this is a make or break time. This is the first of three days of meetings. This is, look at these members of parliament. And she was a hunchback. God said, pray for her now. I stopped the singing. I pointed her out. I said, will you stand? I said, will you come forward? Everybody was dead quiet. It wasn't a healing service. It was the destiny of Uganda. And I said, do you believe God can heal this lady right now? Nobody said a word. I looked in the back, the bishops, nobody said a word. They were quiet. I was on a big platform. She was standing, I, I bent over, touched her, and she went, went down. Nobody was there because nobody expected anything. And she hit hard. And on the way down, she was screaming. And the devil said, look what you did to her. And she was a hunchback. Hunchback. She hit the floor. Crack, 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 crack. Her back straightened up. She yanked that neck brace. She went around screaming and screaming, and nobody could stop her. I said, leave her alone. I mean, you couldn't have stopped me either. 
a hunchback my whole life and instantly, you couldn't have stopped me. I'd have run you over. I'd have been so happy. I remember when, when the, the nodules disappeared and I picked up that urologist and swung him around. I told you God is real. You know, he, he was a Korean urologist and woo, his eyes were big. He, he was afraid. But I was excited. The nodules disappeared off my lungs. I was excited. I told you I'd tell you the story of my, my wife and we're going to move into prayer. Remember, I shared how the angel appeared and pointed the rod and, and the tumors disappeared out of her uterus and she got out of bed. Well, during the delivery, 32 hours into it, 32 hours earlier, the water broke. Earlier, 32 hours. It started off as a simple childbirth. Now, we had five doctors and six nurses in there. It wasn't simple anymore. For three hours, four doctors were taking turns reaching in and trying to twist the baby. She was hemorrhaging. The baby was caught in a birth canal, wasn't breathing. It came out not breathing. And she had a vision with angels coming down. She said, John, am I dying? I think the angels are going to take me up to the Lord. I said, no, don't you remember the prophecies over you and our son? The angels are here to help you with victory. You are not dying. And I started to speak the prophecies into her ears and speak in tongues, build faith. The baby came out. It wasn't breathing. I went with the baby. Doctors were working on hers. The baby started breathing. She quit hemorrhaging. And I got my wife and child. Hallelujah! I fought over the prophecies. I knew what God said about her life and my son. I wasn't going to let the enemy take them away. I want to show this. U.S. versus Somali, Christianity versus Islam, God versus Satan. Okay, hold it there. Oh, that's okay. You can turn it now. Next, this is what we saw. Miracle baby from Somalia. I was in Kenya. And uh, God said, that's your daughter. Now, I'd never wanted to adopt before because I didn't know if I could love another baby uh, like my own. I'm just being honest, very transparent. This was under my first wife and uh, it was with the Lord. And God said, that's your daughter. I picked up the phone and said, I want to adopt the baby. They said, she's severely disabled. She's been cut through the esophagus, vocal cord. It doesn't grow. She should be dead. We don't know why she's alive. You know, you cut your esophagus, you're dead. I said, I want to adopt her. Well, she's from Somalia. She's a Muslim. You can't do it. You're Reverend Hansen. You just can't do it. You can't win. It's Christianity versus Islam. It's a political case. And uh, you're an American. You can't do it. And I said, I want to adopt this baby. And I will fight. So I got the best lawyer. Went home and told my wife. And she said, I have been praying for you that you would want to adopt a baby and want to adopt a severely disabled baby. Well, I'm not going to go into the story to save time, how we won the court case. It was two months. They threatened to burn down the churches of Kenya. Tremendous testimonies along the way. Sometimes I can take a whole service just telling what happened. But we won. Now I have a baby, severely disabled, that takes $500 a month just to get medical paraphernalia to keep her alive because she has a tracheotomy and other things. We had to buy a suction machine. My wife became a nurse to suction her out 12 times a day so she wouldn't die in her own fluid. I had to sacrifice a month of all of our money to go to the court to prove them I could keep her alive if you granted me this baby. I had a month with no food. Now listen to this. Every day, somehow God provided. One day we had missionaries. I was over Africa. I was in church playing, like I told you, for 10 years. And a missionary was coming from us from Uganda. And my wife said, you know, I wish we had some cheese and, and uh, hamburger to, to make them a Spanish meal. Ten minutes later, there's a knock on the door. I open the door, nobody's there. But there is a box filled with hamburger and cheese. 
And I looked at her, why didn't she ask for tomatoes and onions? <laughs> Let's do it good next time. <laughs> but God supplied. We win the court case, and I need $500 a month every month, and I did not budget for that. I did not itinerate for that. Every month it came in somehow. Whether I had a check from the UK, 500 you know, pounds that came up to 500 every month God supplied for four years. I'm just telling you how God can supply your needs. We get into crisis, God can supply your needs. Next, you can see they have gauze, they're just keeping her head on her shoulders. Next, four years later, she's in ICU, 10 days unconscious. Either my wife or I, I had my parents, they were missionaries and people that knew how to pray, people that knew faith, people could see visions. And my dad would see things and then we would be doing it at the hospital. And, and so we were fighting for her life. They were ready to give up. They tried to bring her out of a coma several times. They said, you know, we can't do it. We're going to try one more time. You can stay in the room, Reverend Hanson, but don't get in our way. We'll throw you out. Now, during those 10 days, doctors and nurses kept coming in. Tell how you kept this person, now she's four years old, alive. She was cut through the esophagus. She should be dead. CNN did the story, Miracle Baby Won't Die. CNN. They do something right, huh? No <laughs> one's in a blue moon. And so I tell them the story. That's why they let me in the last day. We're going to let you in as we're trying to revive her, but don't get in our way. Okay, so they're trying, and her vitals are climbing. Even this four-year-old can have a heart attack and stuff. They're climbing and climbing, and God says, pray for her. I said, God, they're going to throw me out. Pray for her. Father, they're going to throw me out. The third time, God said, pray for her. And I, I argued the third time. I said, God, they're going to throw me out. He said, if you don't pray for her, your daughter will die. He had seven physicians working on her. I squeeze in and they're looking at me like I'm a nut. Who let this guy in? And Don, I start to rebuke the spirit of death. That really scared them. Spirit of death, go in Jesus' name. And her vitals come down. They're looking around, but it worked. Boy, the vitals came down. I quit praying and they climb. I rebuke it the second time. Spirit of death, go in Jesus' name. The vitals come down. I quit interceding, they go up. And I rebuked it the third time, and this is what happened. Next. She opened her eyes, and she was perfect. She can breathe. She can talk. She can eat. She was never supposed to be able to breathe or talk on her own or eat on her own in her life. She was on tubes and stuff. God can do anything. Can you hear me? Now, we prayed for four years. We did not give up. Sometimes it might not. I could tell you tons where they happen right now. But healing is, per we did not give up. We did not lose hope, hope, faith, and victory. Amen? Amen? I don't believe in giving up. And I don't believe in giving up for America, and I don't believe in giving up for you. This is Jonathan Hansen. I hope you've enjoyed the warning radio program, the message you heard today and yesterday. I want to let you know, I'm in financial difficulty. If you enjoy this warning radio program, please help me. I'm $69,000 short of meeting budget. That's $69,000 short of meeting budget. My telephone number is 360-629-5248. My website, www.worldministries.org. You can send a gift both ways, telephone or give a donation from my website or send a check. Make it out to WMI. Send it to World Ministries International. P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. May God richly bless you.